welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 49. I'm your host, Chris Ramirez. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out. We back, baby. That's right. The end of August is here. Summer is over. September shows up, which means hockey is just around the corner. My favorite time of year. Favorite time. Right? Baseball is winding down. Football is starting, but... For me, it's all about the puck. It's all about hockey. It's my favorite time of year by far. I'm excited to be back talking hockey. I miss this. I miss this a lot. So I figured what a good time to start the year off with a little bit of puck. Some hot takes to start the year. That's what today's episode is about. Three hot. I, I mean, they're so hot. You need to get a water bottle. Honestly, get get yourself a water bottle, uh, turn on the AC, whatever you got to do to stay cool because these takes are going to probably knock you off your chair. At least I think so. Uh, that's what's important. Before we get started into this, uh, as some of you know, right, I took a moment for myself here. Last time we did a podcast, uh, I mean, the Habs didn't even have a GM. They didn't have a coach. Uh, Colorado didn't win the Stanley Cup yet. Uh, Shane Wright was still predicted to go first overall. There's been a whole lot of things that have gone on uh, since then. So I want to take a moment, A, to thank all of you. Round of applause to everybody who reached out to me. I took some time for myself, took some time for my mental health. It was important. Uh, I've talked about it before. You know how important mental health is to me. I needed to get that sorted out. Uh, it took the time that it did, but... So many people reached out to me uh, via DMs on Twitter as well. I appreciate all of you literally from the bottom of my heart. Um, you know, I'm just somebody who enjoys talking sports and, you know, to hear people, you know, tell me that they're excited for me to come back and do the podcast and how much it means to them and how much they enjoy it um, literally just fills my heart with joy. So I appreciate all of you uh, so, so much. Um, as you know, right, continue to take care of your mental health, continue to do what you need to get your mind right. Uh, if you need to reach out, obviously the DMs are there. Um, but, you know, thank you to everybody, like I said, who reached out. Thank you to, you know, obviously my family does a great job, my friends as well, all the professionals that I get to work with uh, for helping me get to where I need to be today. So um, round, of, round of applause, like I said, to all of you uh, for helping me get here. Uh, wasn't an easy path, wasn't a simple path, but... I mean, we made it, right? So uh, the hard work continues. But like I said, I appreciate each and every one of you. And I just wanted you guys to know that uh, before we dig in deep here. So now that we've done that, like I said, hot takes. Three of the absolute hottest takes, right? Like it, there's so many things. Every, every NHL season is different, right? We, we start the year and there's no expectations. Or sometimes you do have and... There's some things that we know, right? Like we know the Arizona Coyotes are a Mickey Mouse team and they're not going to make the playoffs, right? Um, we know that Connor McDavid's going to absolutely torch the league because he's the best player on the face of the earth and nobody's going to slow him down. Like we know certain things are going to happen. But we also get just blindsidedly surprised every year about things that happen. So I wanted to get that off and rolling here. There, First of all, I just wanted to stir the pot, man. I haven't been here to stir anything, right? I just want to get your blood boiling a little bit here, right? Some people just want to watch the world burn. I'm that person. I sit back, put the glasses on, and just watch the universe do what it's got to do. But I figured I'd give you some three hot takes, okay? These hot takes as well, 
something you can bet on, right? Sports betting is obviously big in the United States as well. It's legal in Ontario as well. So if you're from a state or a province that allows you to, you know, drop a couple dollar bills on some action, hey, these are these are hot takes, but I mean, they can help you put about quarter tank of gas in your car right now. Uh, maybe that'll get up to half as we move on. Probably not, but uh, if you drive a small car, you may be able to get a half a tank of gas out of some of these plays here. So let's go through a couple of them. Uh, as always, please share your opinion with me on Twitter at FuzzyChris91, right? Make sure you do that, right? You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Slapshot Podcast. Okay, you can give me your hot takes. That's fine. I'll accept them. I'll even accept your hate mail. That's fine. I promise I'll read it at least. Uh, let's get off here with one that I I, I don't know if it's going to be super hot, um, but I definitely think there's something. I don't have the odds for it just yet. I'm going to be using DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, for some of those odds, I tried to pick things that are there. I didn't want it to be all the same. I wanted to get at least a player uh, hot take in there. Um, but like I said, some of the odds are not up yet. It's still early for hockey, but you'll find it at some point. Or at least I hope, I, I, at least I hope you will. Um, to me, the first one, we're going to go all the way to the Ottawa Senators, right? Canada's nation. Um, and we're going to start with Alex DeBrincat. I think Alex DeBrincat can... I'm not going to say easily uh, because I feel like that's, you know, that's saying that it's a lock here. But I do think that Alex DeBrincat can score 55 plus goals next season without needing to really bat an eye. Um, right. So if you don't know, Alex DeBrincat now in Ottawa Senator, he was traded from the Chicago Blackhawks. The Chicago Blackhawks, again, a, a team that we don't have to worry about. Um, they're not very good. Nobody has to worry about them. It's fine. Um, but Alex DeBrincat is in a contract year. Okay, so he's making six and a quarter million, I think. Uh, he's going to be due some money. And it's no shock to anybody that players in a contract year, just all of a sudden they figure things out. And they just, you know, they do what they need to do. And DeBrincat scored 41 last season on arguably an absolutely garbage hockey team, right? Like he only, he basically played with Patrick Kane and whatever plug was down the middle because Jonathan Taves wasn't healthy. Um, he put up 78 points, right? He shot 15%, which is about his career average. Um, in this move now to Ottawa, I think he can become even better than he already is, right? He's 24 years old. I know he's a small guy. He's 5'7". He says 165 here, according to NHL.com. But I really do think he is. Here's, here's how I think he gets here. One, the Ottawa Senators are an improved hockey team. I don't think that should shock anybody, right? Josh Norris, Brady Kachuk, Drake Batherson, you know, that's your top line as whatnot. Um, Tim Stutzel really came on at the end of last season. He looks like he can become a really, really good centerman. And uh, going off with daily faceoff has here, of course, you know, hockey hasn't started. These can all change. But if it sticks as it should be, Stutzel will be skating between Claude Giroux and Alex DeBrincat. Now, that is a really, really good second line, right? Claude Giroux came over. We know what type of playmaker he is. He's a pass-first kind of guy. And he's still got some gas, I think, in the tank to make it happen. And Stutzel can move the puck, which is great for Debrinkat because he can shoot the puck with some of the best in, in the league. So 
he has shot right previous year, 2020, 2021, he shot 20%. I think that's a little bit up there. When he scored 41 goals in 2018, 2019, he shot 18%. I think he's probably going to shoot around his career 15, but let's say he gets up to 16 or 17 here, right? I really do think he has a legitimate shot at scoring 55 plus. I don't I I think 60 is too far for him. I really do. I think 60 is too far. Um I expect Ottawa to be a better team. I do expect them to play a lot of catch up hockey, right? Unless they suddenly figure out how to play good defense, right? This is a team that gave up I mean close to 33 shots on average per game and they're not getting better defensively here. They're a good offensive team. Their goaltending situation, I, I think, is pretty good with Cam Talbot now in town. Anton Forsberg showed us what he can do last year. Um, but their defense is still very up in the air, right? You got your Travis Hamannix, Eric Brandstrom, Nikita Zaitsev, Arden Zub. Uh, Jake Sanderson could take that last spot, right, with Shabbat being the guy. But, I mean, this defense is fine, but it's not going to blow anybody away. So I do expect them to still have to play some catch-up hockey in certain games. They're not going to be playing a lot of, like, 2-1 hockey games, right? Like, not not in Ottawa. They're, they're going to need to, at some point, uh, pick up the pace here. The thing that really, I think, will set out apart is his power play numbers, right? He's going to a team right, who has a really good power play, or at least I think they should. Right? You have a lot of skill on that top power play unit, and Debrinkat can definitely close that out again there are no odds for him being a, how many goals he will score over under um but i mean at f i i don't think anybody's gonna give him you know like 45 or 45 and a half over under odds um but i would pencil him in for about 55 i think he can 55 goals maybe 35 assists right I mean, 90 points seems like a stretch here for Debrinkat, but I think he has the potential to do it, right? Playing on the team that he's playing. He played very well on a bad hockey team, right? He had 78 points in 82 games on a really bad Chicago team. Ottawa is better than Chicago. Therefore, if math is linear, Debrinkat should do better. We obviously cannot predict for injuries. We have no idea about you know, maybe he's just not going to be good. It would highly surprise me, but I like what he can do. He scored 14 power play goals last season. I can see him bettering those numbers this year. All right, 270 shots. I think he can take even more. I think he can be a guy who shoots the puck about 300 times at least a season. So you find an odd for Alex Debrinkat over under whatever the goal total is. It'll probably be somewhere in the 40s. I would take the over. I wouldn't really look back at that one. That's my first one. I don't know if you'd consider it a super hot take, but it's still it's still a little crispy on the edge. So that one works for me. Here's my second one, and this one might throw some people off here, but it's fine. I told you, sit down, okay? This is, we got things to go through here. The second one, we're going to go all the way to the Western Conference. We're going to focus on a team this time. We're going to focus on the Seattle Kraken. Now, the Seattle Kraken are whatever you want them to be. But right now for DK Sportsbook, they have them at plus 340 to make the playoffs. And I think that is a very, I think that, that honestly, I thought that number was a little bit lower. I was hoping I'd see them at like plus 400 or something, not getting in there. FanDuel Sportsbook actually, when I checked yesterday, had them under 
plus 300, so I don't like that value there. I can't really find it anywhere else just yet. But I have the Seattle Kraken making the playoffs next season. And there's a few reasons for this. A, clearly they've gotten better, right? Like, let's not get confused here. Seattle is a much better team than they were last season. Obviously, the addition of Shane Wright, right, helps. Matthew Bernie's good centerman, right? That kind of helps, right? Their they're center core, right? You got Wenberg, you got Yanni Gore. Like, their center core is okay. It's pretty good. I can live with it. Right? The top six, nothing to really write home about. Andre Burakovsky has come over. Oliver Bjorkstrand came over. That was a great addition for them, right? Really, really good forward. He's going to get a top six opportunity consistently. Jordan Eberle, Jaden Swartz. This is, again, this is not a team that's going to go out there and just absolutely dominate people from start to finish. But they're a better team than they were last season, right? Philip Grubauer is still, I think, a good goalie. And I think there's, again, their defense is questionable. That's fine. I don't think anybody is expecting Seattle to go out here and win their division, right? We're not expecting that kind of uh, game. But here's why I think they have a chance. The Pacific Division is by far the worst division in hockey, right? Like, it's not even close. Right. And yes, they finished last in that division last season. Okay. Here's what I will say. I don't know how many teams like I the central to me is a good division. I don't expect there to be a ton of teams out of the specific. I expect three teams to make it out of there. Okay. So I expect the Calgary Flames to do what they need to do. The Edmonton Oilers are just gonna outscore everybody. And then the rest kind of just shows up, right? So let's start off by, you know, getting the, like Anaheim and San Jose are not playoff teams. Like they're, I mean, San Jose is a mess. Anaheim is still a young team getting better. I mean, we saw them just epically collapse last season when they just couldn't win games. John Gibson couldn't stop a beach ball. Um, the Vancouver Canucks are about the same. Uh, it's and obviously the wild card here is is Vegas and the LA Kings, right? Vegas to me is not a playoff team. They have they continue to get progressively worse. It's kind of wild to see what a like when you think about their first year in which they made it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, and now you're looking at their team going, "What is this?" Like they they are a bad hockey team. They're gonna miss the playoffs. I don't even think they compete. Right? Robin Leonard's out for the year. I mean, Mark Stone's health has been questionable. Max Pacioretty's out of town. I'm not a big fan of Jack Eichel right now. Like, there's just not much working here for Vegas. Um, the LA Kings are obviously the wild card team in here, right? They could make the playoffs, right? They also could not. I, it would not shock me either way to see them do either or, right? Like, they could. They could. The LA Kings are a, you know, they were a team that finished top five, uh, in shots per game, which is kind of kind of different, right? They have a really good top six, right? Anze Kopitar, Philip Deneau, uh, right? The, probably a really good one-two piece down the middle. Um, you know, Quentin Byfield still trying to get up there. I guess Blake Lazat. There's all these kind of guys that are just kind of there. Their top six is where it, it, it's okay, but I'm not crazy about it, right? Kevin Fiala comes over. I think that's a great addition for them. I really do. I think that's great. Adrian Kempe, we know what he can do. Victor Arvidsson, another guy who can shoot the puck. So I don't think 
the LA Kings are in a bad position here. Here's where I'm worried about them. Defensively, I'm I'm not really concerned about them, right? I, I think defensively, they'll be just fine. It's obviously their goaltending situation, right? Like Jonathan Quick was really good last year, right? Cal Peterson was subpar. But like what, like which Jonathan Quick's going to show up this year? You know, like is he going to be really good or is he going to be really bad? Like Jonathan Quick... His numbers were crazy, right? 259 goals against average, 910 save percentage. Very, you know, it's respectable. You know, Jonathan Quick is not, you know, 24 anymore. Um, he is what he is, right? They they kind of split starts there a little bit. It was almost a 50-50 split between him and Cal Pedersen. Cal Pedersen was not good. Right? He was not good. I, I don't know if he's going to regain that form or not. But if their goaltending struggles even just a little bit, right? Like, it's going to be really hard for them to make it. And for me, with Seattle, I just think that they have pieces to get it done. And they're in a really easy division to do it, right? They're not playing in the central, right? Which is, to me, is going to look like an absolute dogfight, right? To get in again. You got a lot of great teams, right? I mean, Colorado's a pencil in. I would put Minnesota in that bracket as well. Uh, Dallas is a good team. Nashville, who knows, right? The Winnipeg Jets should be a playoff team as well. They missed it last season. And we know that the Eastern Conference is just a dogfight every night. So I think there's stuff here to love for Seattle. I don't, like, again, it's a hot take. I'll get you wrong. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, would I drop a 5 or a 10 or, you know, if I'm feeling extra spicy, a 20 or on plus 340? Yeah, I would. There's an opportunity for them to make the playoffs. They have to do a lot of things need to go right, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. I I do believe that under a hundred points in the Pacific will be enough to make the playoffs. Right? Like LA did it with 99. I know that's one short stop. I do think that they can. Would it be an absolute Shocker for them to go from the 60 points they had last season to like 98. Yeah. But they have everything that they need to get done. I think the Western Conference is still an easier division than the East. They're going to be playing more games against Western Conference teams anyways. So they're going to get to play teams like Arizona. They're going to get to play teams like Chicago a lot. All right. San Jose, Anaheim, Vegas. There are a lot of 50-50 games that they could win a lot. One, they obviously have to be better at home. But, you know, they're a new team. They'll figure it out. Their offense can keep up. They're going to play a lot of close games. If Philip Grubauer can just be the goalie, we know that he can be, right? Whether it's high expectation or not, if he can be the goalie he's expected to be, then he'll be just fine, Okay. He played a lot of hockey last season. Obviously, his numbers were not very good. But I think he can turn it around. And I think that Seattle having better players on their team who can score goals and drive the pace a little bit here, I think there's good stuff here. I would at least at least entertain the idea of it. At least entertain the idea. Again, it's a hot take. It is what it is, right? So those are the two, okay? My final one here, and now please sit down, okay? Please sit down. When I say it, don't just turn off the podcast and, you know, tell me to go after myself, okay? Just give it a thought. We'll go through the thought process together here, okay? Uh, and I know, but anyways, I'm going to say I have 
the Toronto Maple Leafs to miss the playoffs at plus 650. And that's probably my favorite bet right now. I know Leafs Nation. You're ready. You already got the DM open. You're telling me LOL, STFU, GG. I know. I get it. But let's go through the thought process here. I think it's absolutely comical, completely comical, that Toronto has the second shortest odds to win the Stanley Cup at plus 850 when they haven't made it out of the first round in over a decade. I think that's comical at best. I think that number is just driven by, you know, the outside. There's no numbers. There's no stats that say Toronto should be this. Like, Colorado's the, you know, they, they won the Stanley Cup. So, obviously, to repeat would make sense. But, like, Toronto's ahead of, like, Carolina, Tampa Bay, you know, the Rangers. Like, there are a lot of good teams here. And the Leafs are not one of them. I have them to miss the playoffs, and I wouldn't find it shocking at all. Let's start with some, let's start with the obvious here, okay? Let's go through how I got to this. I'm not just hating on the Leafs. I know the Habs are going to finish last. I'm perfectly fine with this. I understand what's happening here, okay? I've accepted it. The first step in recovery is acceptance. I've accepted that the Montreal Canadiens are a bad hockey team. It is what it is. So, Toronto finished second. In the Atlantic, right? The Florida Panthers steamrolled everybody. The Toronto Maple Leafs could score goals, right? They're great on home ice. There's a whole bunch of things, yada, 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 okay? My question to Leafs Nation, be honest with yourselves for a minute. Take off your Leaf glasses and your Leaf hats, okay? Are the Toronto Maple Leafs significantly improved from last season to this season? Which would mean they would be able to get out of the first round, regardless of who they play. Is that the case Yes or no? The an- the only answer, Leafs Nation, is no. That's the only answer, okay? Here's what I do know, okay? The Toronto Maple Leafs are going to score a whole bunch of goals, okay? Austin Matthews is going to lead the league in goals again. He's probably going to win another Rocket Richard. I have nothing wrong with that, okay? Mitch Marner is going to feed him the puck. Those two are going to have a blast on the ice. I think Willie Nylander can definitely top 75 points. I think he can score 35 easily, you know, who knows what you're going to get out of Michael Bunting. But the Leafs have a hole in their top six, right? If I'm looking at it right now, again, thanks to Daily Faceoff for all the information on lines, Alex Kerfoot is is expected to skate in the top six, right? John Tavares, I don't know what we're going to get out of him. But the Leafs' bottom six is just not great, right? Like, it's not, it's not wonderful. And the loss of Jason Spetz, I think, is going to hurt. From a leadership standpoint, from every standpoint, I mean, the man played on the on on the power play, so you you can't say it's not it's not important, right? You can't say that. This is again, they're just not a good hockey team, a good complete hockey team. They can outscore their opponents. I have no fear in that, none. But they have a lot of money tied up in three players, right? Like, we know that, right? You got three players making over $10 million. So they don't have much outside of that, right? There's just so much uncertainty with their bottom six. And you need a bottom six in order to win the Stanley Cup. You need one, right? The Tampa Bay Lightning demonstrated that year after year. The Colorado Avalanche did the exact same thing. Here's the biggest difference, by the way, between the Colorado Avalanche and the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think Toronto has a better, has more elite talent up front. 
than Colorado. Not to knock Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog. I like. I I just think Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Willie Nylander, and John Tavares. That's a really like those are good players, right? Even with Tavares, you know, the season that he had last season and whatnot, like he still had seventy six points. You know, the man's almost averaging a point per game. Let's you know, let's lay off the man for a minute, okay? That is the type of player that he is. He's, he's going to do what he's got to do. Is he earning his money? I don't know. But, again, I think he's fine. I mean, is Colorado's goaltending situation really that much better than Toronto's? I mean, maybe. I don't know. Right? Like, first of all, Colorado proved that you don't even need a goalie, right? Like, Darcy Kemper was garbage in the playoffs, and he still has a Stanley Cup ring, you know? And Colorado this year has Pavel Francis and Alexander Gorgiev. So I don't know how much better that is in net, right? If anything, it's, it is what it is. Here's what I will say, though. This is where Toronto is much, like, no, sorry. Colorado is the superior team is on defense. Colorado has the best defensive core in the NHL. It's not even close. Don't even, like, don't even try. You know what I mean? Kale McCarr, Eric Johnson, Samuel Girard didn't even play in the playoffs. He was hurt. Josh Mason, Devon Taves, Bowen Byron. Like, the list goes on. Their defense is solid. They can move the puck. They can defend. They make life difficult for players. Anytime you can slow down Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, give yourself a pat on the back. Like, you've done, you've done God's work. Okay. I'm looking at Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, TJ Brody, Justin Hall, Timothy Lindgren, Mark Giordano, and I'm not screaming success. Not at all, right? We still don't know what's going to happen with Rasmus Sandin. They still have to find money for the kid, right? So there's a whole whole mess of things here. Toronto doesn't have money to, like, they just don't. They don't have money. They still have a pretty young defenseman to sign. And again, it is what it is. This defense core is not very good. The the Maple Leafs, outside of goaltending, I, I I know they went out and they revamped their goaltending situation. I get that. But the Toronto Maple Leafs needed help on defense. They failed to address that. And as we've mentioned, the Eastern Conference is going to be a dogfight every night. So the Toronto Maple Leafs did not get better. The Florida Panthers are what they are. I don't know if they're better or worse. They might be a little bit worse, but I still think they're going to be a good team. The Tampa Bay Lightning are the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Boston Bruins are the Boston Bruins. I don't know. Again, I don't know if they're a playoff team. I don't know what. Anyways, here's my here's my part where it gets difficult for Toronto, right? Outside of Montreal, Montreal garbage team, the Ottawa Senators, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Buffalo Sabres, in my mind, are significantly improved from last season. Okay? Significantly. There was a massive gap, right? Over 25 points between Boston and Buffalo. Over 25 points. There was 32 to be exact, if you want math. That is a significant gap in the Atlantic division between the top four and the bottom four. I think that gap is going to shrink. Because you no longer walk into Ottawa and steamroll them, right? You no longer walk into Detroit and steamroll them. You don't walk into Buffalo and steamroll them. You know, you walk into the Bell Center and you steamroll the Montreal Canadiens, but that's it. Nobody else. So these games are going to be tighter. For the Leafs. They're not just going to walk in there and win 6-1. It's not how this is going to go. If you don't play good defense, you're going to get caught by other teams that can push the pace. Let's go to the Metropolitan Division. Let's just completely exclude the Philadelphia Flyers. A garbage hockey team. Sorry, Flyers Nation. 
I'm not going to throw New Jersey out the window. I think they're a good team that can get things done. Columbus is improved, I guess. Um, I would. I mean, the Islanders are still the Islanders, right? I don't know if they're going to be able to score goals, but you know they're not. You know, puck's not going in their net. I think the Washington Capitals can compete. The Pittsburgh Penguins obviously will. Doesn't matter if they're healthy or not. They find a way to win. The New York Rangers are a good hockey team. The Carolina Hurricanes are probably the best team in that division. So you have a lot of tough games to win, right? I see three teams coming out of the Atlantic division. I'm going to put Florida and Tampa Bay in there. I just think they get it done. Teams that win, win. Toronto has been so used to just steamrolling their opponents that I don't think they're going to be able to do that. And a lot of this obviously sits on their defense, but it sits on Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov. Matt Murray is not a good goalie, right? Like, it doesn't matter how you want to convince me, he's not a good goalie. So, you can you can come up with whatever you want, right? You can come up with whatever excuse you want to believe, Leafs Nation. He's not a good goalie. He struggled. He has not been good in a minute. So, you know, Pittsburgh let him walk. Ottawa gave him some money. That clearly did not work out. He played 47 games in Ottawa. That's it. He got a nice contract, right? He got a, a nice four-year deal, $25 million, right? Back in 2020, and I mean, he hasn't earned a dollar of it. And now he's going to a team. Again, the Leafs can score, but the Leafs don't play defense, and we know this. They're not sound defensively. You need a good defensive core to protect your goalie, i.e. what the Colorado Avalanche did all their way to a Stanley Cup. And the Toronto Maple Leafs are not going to do that. Their path to making the playoffs is going to be significantly harder. The Eastern Conference is significantly better than the Western Conference, in my opinion. There's only so many teams that can make the playoffs, right? The gap is going to close in the Atlantic. We're going to see those bottom feeder teams be better. Are the Buffalo Sabres, Detroit Red Wings, and Ottawa Senators a playoff team? I, I don't think so. But they're at least going to give you a run for their money, right? If all those teams improve and finish with like 85 to 90 points, that's 15 more points-ish per team. Those 15 points got to come from somewhere. They're not going to go out. It's it's hard for teams in the Eastern Conference to travel to the West and win games. It's hard. The time change and everything, it's just the way it is. So they're going to have to dogfight each other in the Eastern Conference, and that's going to matter because the Metropolitan Division is really, really good. So I think five teams can come out of the Metro, which means three teams come out of the Atlantic, and Florida and Tampa Bay are already there, and now Boston is there as well. I, You know, We'll see what Boston can do. I just, I just don't, I don't understand why Toronto's given the second best odds to win the Stanley Cup, and I like the money on knowing they could miss it. I do. I think that six fifty is like, people are like, there's no way they can miss. Like this Leafs team goes on like a, you know, oh eight and two, losing streak. Like they're in trouble. They're not. They may not come back. And if this team starts off poorly. This season, look out. Look out. They also don't have any money at the trade deadline to go out and pick up anybody, right? This is not a team that's, okay, well, we need help. We can go out and acquire it. They don't have any money, right? They have a lot that they, like, they, they can't go, well, what are they going to go get? How are they going to go get it? 
right? I understand Kyle Dubas is a, you know, a mastermind here, but they can't go out and do a whole bunch. They can't. They have a ton of UFAs coming up next season, right? It is what it is at that point. They, they, they don't have any big names, but like they have a lot of money tied up into three players. You're not going to be able to move. Like you're not moving Matthews. You're not moving Marner. You're not moving Tavares. Simple. You're not moving that unless you're packaging a couple of picks. I don't think Toronto's going to start doing that now. I don't think so. Right? Morgan Riley's making a boatload of money. Jake Mudge, Jake Mudgen, Jake Muzzin and TJ Brody are making a boatload. Of, like, there's just too much money tied up, and there's not enough to fill out a lineup. And I do not look at Toronto's top six and say it's perfect. I don't. There's holes there. Right? Whatever Michael Bunting can do is great. Whoever fills in in Alex Kerfoot's spot on that second line is fine. But they are, to me, they are really, really weak on that left side. And they don't have anybody to fill in. So if you're missing players or you're missing pieces, that's a problem. And if defensively you're not very good or you're exposed, like Matt Murray's not going to be able to save them, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Jack Campbell in Edmonton does well. Remember when Freddie Anderson was a flaming pile of garbage? And then all of a sudden he goes to Carolina and he looks, you know, he, he could have probably won the Vezina Trophy, right? What's the difference between Carolina and Toronto? Carolina's a really good defensive team. Carolina is deep through their top nine and they're really good defensively. Shocked to, no, shocked to absolutely nobody that a goalie did well on a good defensive team. I think that's how Marty Brodeur made his entire career, right? The Devils were boring hockey to watch. They played defense exceptionally. The Toronto Maple Leafs do not play defense. They're going to be exposed. Bad teams that have gotten better with skilled players can score goals. So, let's go back here. Are the Toronto Maple Leafs a significantly improved team from this season to last season? No. Have the bottom teams in that Atlantic division, with the exception of the Montreal Canadiens, have they improved? significantly enough to make an impact yes look the pie is only so big right so at some point you're going to have to multiply by dividing right you're gonna have to spread that out it's not just going to be toronto walking in and just steamrolling teams in the east it's not how this is going to go and if you don't play good defense you're in trouble okay the toronto maple Leafs are not the edmonton Oilers. they're they, they don't have a Connor mcdavid they don't have a leon dreisaitl Okay, I know you don't want to hear it, Leafs Nation, but those two players are in a league of their own. Austin Matthews can do a lot of great things. He can't do it on his own, right? Mitch Marner is who he is. Same thing with John Tavares. I just think there's that's a good bet for me. I'm dropping a tenner there, and I can make some good money off the Toronto Maple Leafs missing the playoffs because they are built from the front back, and their goaltending and their defense is not very good. There's no question the Toronto Maple Leafs can score goals. But that doesn't mean that they can win games. That just means they can fill the net. And if Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov can't stand on their head most nights and steal games for this team, they're going to come down to maybe the trade deadline, be in the hunt for a playoff spot, not have any money to get better, right? Those bottom teams, by the way, they have money. 
right? Whether they choose to spend it is neither here nor there, okay? Neither here nor there. They'll, they'll do whatever they need to do. But Ottawa will probably have some cap space, right? Detroit will have some cap space. Buffalo will have cap space. These are teams that if they're in the hunt could say, you know what? Let me see if I can go out and acquire something. Like how much, how much do I think I can make it? You know what I mean? Like Ottawa is at that point where they're no longer, like they're no longer a rebuilding team. I don't think they are. Not with the moves that they made. You don't go out and get Claude Giroux to rebuild, right? Detroit went out, signed a whole bunch of pretty good players as well. You don't go out and add, you know, Andrew Kopp, David Perron, you know, Dominic Kubalik and all these guys. You don't go out, add all these guys so you can rebuild, right? They gave Ben Sherrod maybe a little bit too much money. These are not, these are not guys, you don't, you know, Vili Huso. You don't go out, spend that kind of money to rebuild. That's not how this works. Those are my three hot takes for the year. Again, they're hot. I told you. I gave you a warning right off the rip. It is what it is. But for me, let's recap here in case you got lost halfway. I have Alex DeBrincat, who could score 55-plus goals. The Seattle Kraken making the playoffs. And the Toronto Maple Leafs missing the playoffs. Those are my three hot takes. You can find maybe a betting line for that kind of stuff. Like I said, you can get Seattle right now over on DraftKings Sportsbook at plus 340 to make the playoffs. The Leafs at plus 650 to miss the playoffs. Uh, there's no number yet on Alex DeBrincat over-unders. But when those come out, like I said, just take the over. I doubt anybody's going to give him like a 50 and a half total anyway. So um, I would take that. I would take the over. Those are my hot takes. And that is this week's episode. Once again, thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for continuing to support the podcast and tell me that you love it. It warms my heart. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, we're going to try to do this once a week. Okay. Don't hold me to it. We're going to do the best I can. Obviously, follow the podcast on Twitter at Slapshot Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at FuzzyChris91. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you enjoy your podcast it's on spotify apple Podcasts, podbean stitcher youtube wherever you enjoy the podcast go out and get it okay leave a nice five-star review say you love me even if you don't like my takes it doesn't matter that's what we're here for the nhl season like i said it's just around the corner i'm excited man i'm excited for training camp to go i'm excited to be here with you guys all year all right thanks so much for hanging out with me we'll talk yeah. to each other next time. <laughs>